Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Survivor Worlds Apart after show here on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, my name is Nando Velasquez. I'm hosting. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nando Bell, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. Uh, Keaton is out again. Once again. Once I'm again. By she's, my lonesome. She's a little busy, <laughs> but I am joined across from me by James. Hi guys. I'm James Wallington. You can find me on Twitter at James Wallington. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so good episode. Let's start off on the top because I know you, uh, oh <laughs> were raving about this. So right uh, before we start uh, with today's episode, which is, uh, crazy is as crazy does season, uh, 30, right. <laughs> episode three, uh, which is like a palindrome. Oh, what's that? Palindrome. Oh, I'm not even going to say it. You know, 3003. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, palindrome. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, you had a chance sighting. I did. Mr. Survivor fan. So yesterday, I mean, it couldn't have been more fitting because, you know, after all, it is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It is Survivor Wednesday. Survivor Wednesday. And I'm going throughout my daily routine and I go to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And while, well, actually, I wasn't initially going to go to Starbucks. <laughs> I was actually just shopping up and down Ventura Boulevard and I was about to walk back to my car but as I'm on my way to my car Jeff Probst walked by and it like I didn't even have to do a double take because I just knew I was like Mm. that is Jeff Probst so I immediately I'm like okay I'm gonna follow this guy into Starbucks (laughs) and be creep like that got in there got myself some Starbucks Waited for a little while because it's like I don't want to disrupt him. I don't want to be that guy that's going to like interrupt a meeting. Smart. That's pretty cool. So I want to be respectful. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and it's like 15 minutes go by. I'm like, okay. I'm going to go sit outside so I don't look like an idiot. 15 minutes. Aha, 15 minutes. Wow. I sit outside Starbucks and... I'm like, he's never going to leave. I might as well just do it. I, I had to talk myself into doing it. I was so nervous. I've been in L.A. for five years, and I never, ever, ever get starstruck. Mm. And, you know, I've been to the Survivor live finale and reunion shows, yeah. so I've seen him in person, but I've never had, just like... seeing him out in the street like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I finally talked up the courage after texting you and Keaton. <laughs> I was like, I have to get a <laughs> selfie for the after show. So I walked up to him, and I was like... I will shoot myself in the foot if I don't come introduce myself, but I just got to say thank you for putting on an amazing show all these years. I'm a huge fan. And before I could even finish my thought, he goes, well, what's your name? I'm Jeff. And I was like, I'm James. Nice to meet you. And he was just so down to earth, so friendly, wanted to know what I loved about the show, why I'm a fan of the show. Um, I told him that I knew Keaton. Uh, It was just... I, we just, you know, it was just mm-hmm. really great to have a conversation with him and see him not on the TV screen 
you know, being a host. It was just laid back Jeff Probst sipping on some Starbucks. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. And uh, I don't know. Did we show the picture yet? We did? No? Oh, not yet. Yeah, uh, let's see the picture. Let's see the picture. <laughs> show the picture. There we go. For those of you watching us streaming on uh, on iTunes or uh, not on, on YouTube, excuse me, or on AfterBuzz TV, there's a nice little photo of James. What, what are you wearing there? <laughs> Me? Yeah, what's that? Oh, that's your hat. That's oh, the yeah. your hat. Okay. With a little globe on it. But, you know, I, I had to get a selfie because it's one of those things where you tell all your friends of and course. they go, okay, selfie, picture, no, or it didn't happen. You, as long as I'd known you and we've, <laughs> like I said, when we first met, we talked about Survivor. So you've been a huge Survivor fan. Huge and fan. And it's always been your dream to even be on that show yourself. Indeed. So, yeah, this is obviously a big, a big get for you. So it I totally huge. get that, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be on TV on Capture, but, you know, yeah. Survivor obviously still the dream still still the dream still the dream <laughs> i get it i totally get it so uh anyway uh, and you know what jeff probes is a, a really really nice guy i've i've met him but i don't have any selfies to prove it but i have met him <laughs> i believe you I, i've I met him you. and i and i really when you say that how uh you know how much he really cared to hear your answers and how you know how curious he was and passionate he was to hear your side and what you liked about the show uh that is him he cares about the fans of survivor I which think, is huge i think even when you see him in tribal council, he really wants to get to know people, and I think that's something that even when people are fans of the show, he wants to know why. Absolutely. So I think that carries into anybody he talks to about the show. So, word of advice mm-hmm. for any fans out there. Yeah. If you see Jeff Probst out on the street, do not be nervous. He's a cool guy. Like I said, very down-to-earth. And just go up and tell him why you love the show. Because he loves hearing that, and he really does appreciate his fans. You know, uh, I, I will say this. The one time, I still remember this to this day. I asked him this one question. I said, what's one uh, thing you can tell me, like uh, a tip to living out in like survival world or just being out in the wilderness? One tip that no one would guess. What he, goes, say? he said, if you have to go, don't hold it in. That's what he said. Just he do said, it. just do it. Go, you know, if you have to go, just go to the ocean, kind of like Dan <laughs> did last week, and just do it because really you're just hurting yourself. It's it's us being domesticated yep. that are always holding it in. And when's the proper time to go to the bathroom? It's like, just I mean, do it. not like don't like do it in your seat right now, but I mean, like if you're out there and and you're by the ocean, he's like, it's just better, especially I guess with production schedules and everything like that. You know, obviously, probably more reason for them to hold it in sometimes. So who knows? Maybe when Jeff's in the water, sometimes maybe he's just. Peeing. Who hey, knows? And I will, yeah. I will attest to that. On capture, I did that. And <laughs> you gotta go, you gotta go, and it's better to not hold it in. It's so better he, to not hold it in. Some good advice from Jeff Probst. So there we go. <laughs> anyway, okay. So enough about <laughs> enough about probes. Uh, let's get on today's episode. Uh, this week's episode, which is called "Crazy Is as Crazy Does," uh, a nice little almost Forrest Gump reference. And, <laughs> and uh, this week's uh, title was given to us by Tyler. And we'll get into that. But let's, before we get into that, because we, we were a little bit rushed last week, and I actually got a tweet or two about this, that we didn't really talk too much about, um, about, uh, no collar during tribal council and Will's decision to flip, uh, his vote and go for Vince. He, he didn't really, he didn't align with Vince, obviously, because he voted him out. He didn't even align with Joe and the, uh, and the two younger girls, because he was supposed to vote for Nina, and it was supposed to be a tie. Uh, if you remember correctly, they were right. supposed to split the vote because they were afraid of an immunity idol. Will did his own thing, and it shocked everybody on the tribe as we saw. So they, coming back, there was there were two things that happened coming back first. And 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 you know what? One thing I did want to say last week I didn't finish is, and I see it this week too. Will's kind of an emotional player. I don't know what his strategy is at all, but he obviously could have been. On the top rung of the ladder, if he stayed with Vince and Nina, whether you like whether you like Vince or not. You know, if you're playing as Will, the smart move would have been to stay with Nina 
and Vince. Mm -hmm. And he chose to vote Vince out. So now he is in the minority group and nobody trusts him. This is what Joe is saying. This is what uh, Jen and Haley are feeling, that they don't trust this guy. Even though they got rid of somebody they wanted to get rid of eventually, mm-hmm. he didn't go with the plan. So, Well, I think a lot of the reason, too, is, you know, they're only six days into the into the game. And when someone starts throwing your name out there, mm-hmm. the first thing you're going to think about is saving yourself. And it probably obviously was a, de- a strategic defensive move on Will's part. You know, you're throwing my name out there. I'm gonna have to vote you out now because there's no other choice. I don't. I don't want you to keep throwing my name out there. No one else had, yeah, except for Vince. So I can see why Will flipped the vote, but he would have been smart to stick with Vince. Yeah. Well, Will doesn't seem like a a paranoid player, but still emotional because he also didn't want to vote Nina out last week because he felt that the girls were picking on Nina. He kind of was on Nina's side when when Nina had that blow up. Although we see later on, he was like the first one to say, we're voting Nina out today, right? We're voting Nina out? Yeah. Yes. So, again, I don't get Will too much on this. And and obviously, he is not building a, a tribe of, who trusts him. No. Nope. Because nobody on that tribe seems to trust him after that tribal council. Nina, of course, doesn't because he went against her plan. And even though he kind of went with Joe and the other girls, they still don't trust him because he didn't do exactly what they wanted him to do. Right. So... Moving forward from that, we'll get into Red Team later. Let's talk about the other two, because Red Team, obviously, no, tri- no collar. Again, back at Tribal. We'll get into that. <laughs> but let's start off, let's start off with, uh, you know, there were some interesting hashtags this week on Survivor. Uh, they brought the hashtags back. So I don't think they made sense. The one hashtag they should have put on there, I don't know why they didn't, monkey sex. It should have been monkey sex. Monkey sex. I don't know why monkey sex was not a hashtag. I just remember my jaw dropping, <laughs> witnessing what Shireen was witnessing. Yeah, like Shireen is odd. Let's why did they blur? <laughs> She's odd. Why did they pixelate? That's just what I need to know. They pixelated uh, the monkeys. I mean, there was I saw more in the monkey than I needed to. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anyone else you know, caught it, but I did. That's interesting because you figure like National Geographic shows that kind of stuff all the time. So I was wondering exactly where CBS was going to draw was, the line. That monkey was hanging out. If you understand <laughs> what I'm trying to say, and that should have been pixelated. And, and, but but you know what should have been pixelated too? Shireen's look of like, oh my god, she was so fascinated. She was so by intensely it. fascinated. But by you know, it. I guess like if you're a huge fan of Survivor and just the outdoors <laughs> in general. To see, I guess, animals in their natural habitat. I mean, it's a lot different than seeing them at the zoo. So sure, it's it's fascinating. Like, who can say they saw monkeys mm. having sex in their natural <laughs> habitat? Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll give you. I mean, would you stop and look? I think I'd be a little. I'm like, a guy. <gasps> I probably stop. I probably would stop and look, but I also probably wouldn't have that much excitement. I wouldn't have and that much And I wouldn't much run excitement. back to my tribe and give every single detail. But, I mean, if you're bored so on first, the beach, <laughs> I mean, that's probably the most exciting entertainment. I, it just seemed really weird. And Shireen's even, like, she put she puts her hand, like, in a fist, and she goes, yes, like that. Like, monkey sex. I get to witness this. Uh, uh, she was super duper excited. And, it, and she went back, and she pretty much... Told everybody, I just saw monkey sex. Uh, it, it's kind of like Lonely Island should do a remake of that with Akon. You know, I just had sex. <laughs> I just saw monkey sex. Woo. Uh, well, that was a good, I think, transition and kind of leeway into Joaquin's thoughts about Shireen. Because that, well, that was Tyler, really, at first. At first, but Joaquin is the more adamant about, I'm not a fan of Shireen. Yeah. And he's very vocal about that in his little 
subsided in years. I don't know. I don't know if you noticed this, but when Shireen was discussing monkey sex, Tyler still couldn't look at her in the face. Like Tyler's lying down. I, I replayed this because I thought it was hilarious. Tyler wasn't doing anything as obvious as last week, like putting his hand in front of his face to block Shireen out. But he was just like staring straight up, and then when he accidentally looked, he just kind of like he never look at her the same. He, could, he can't look at Shireen after last week. Not at all. He can't. And and he pretty much compared her to the howler monkeys that were disturbing. That disturbed them throughout try uh, throughout the day, I guess. And Joaquin actually calls her a mosquito later on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's really interesting because I, I will say this: Shireen comes across as as crazy, and we actually got some comments uh, from Purple Rock Podcast and 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 somebody else I think who were like, "Why are you so disgusted?" You know, like surprised that we're disgusted. We're not disgusted at Shireen. I don't think we ever said it was gross. gross. It just doesn't. I said it was gross that she was putting her her like junk like on top of the pots, talking about cleaning them. I yeah. mean, she, they were like really close. I mean, if there was, it doesn't matter if it was a male junk or female junk. I, I don't just think don't clean the dishes. I, I wouldn't put it. On top of dishes or or pots, like I'm not not literally on top of like three feet even, like it's just yeah, I, I that's my issue, and also the fact that the, that we just didn't get why she took her bottoms off and not her top, because if Max did that, I think we would have questioned that too, because it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna go all natural down below, it's like what what are you doing? Take like the top off while you're at it. Business up top, partying the bow- down below. I don't know what what is that. But so. as Tyler said, crazy as is crazy does. Crazy as is crazy does, <laughs> and you know he doesn't seem to be uh, a fan of hers, and neither does Joaquin. And we see later on with the white tribe. We'll just go into this now with the with the white collar tribe. Uh, everyone looking for the immunity idol, uh, even though Carol is just hanging back because she's got and it. That was one of my favorite moments of the show. Is just Carolyn. Lean back in the in the shelter, yeah. all sprawled out. Like I think it's funny they're out there because I already have it. I'm just watching the fire. <laughs> I'm just watching the fire. I, I think she looks good because she's watching the fire. She's like, I'm okay. Don't but... worry, I'll tend to the fire, guys. It's yeah. cool, and no one suspects a thing. And but Tyler's going out say, there too. Yeah, Tyler playing along, I thought was brilliant strategy for his his game because. I mean, you don't want to, I guess, betray Carolyn. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. You don't want to show that you're betraying Carolyn, but you also don't want to show people that you have the knowledge that you know it's Well, I think it's, I think Tyler's playing a really interesting game because he is in a, it seems like he's in sort of an alliance with Carolyn based on the fact that he's the, he seems to be the only, only other one. person that knows about this immunity idol. I think if Shireen knew, she wouldn't be looking so hard. No. Uh, even though Carolyn seems to be in an alliance with Shireen and Max as well, they are still looking. Uh, but at the same time, Tyler and Joaquin walk off on their own, and Joaquin shows Tyler the clue to the immunity idol that, of course, Tyler knows is not there anymore. <laughs> but playing and, it off. And he's playing it off. So so Tyler is still keeping his options open with Joaquin, and both of them seem to have a mutual disinterest, if not dislike, That's a good way of to uh, for Shireen. And uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see how when when White Collar, if they do go back to Trilo before Emerge, before things get changed up or or or, or switch or anything, uh, to see how these alliances play out because Tyler seems to be in a really interesting position where he can play different angles and and he would still have to get somebody else to switch. It couldn't just be him and Joaquin, but it, things could still happen. I feel like you see Tyler talk more about game in his side interviews than he does with his tribe mates because I don't really see him being proactive and I think he's just holding everything holding close it back. to the yeah. yeah. But it seems like he is very in tune with his tribe and mm-hmm. where things kind of stand. But 
I don't know. I'm I'm very indifferent about Tyler. And, He's and not I, doing it for me. Well, I, I mean, the jury's still out on him as far as I'm concerned, because I guess we haven't seen enough of him. Right. And, and uh, you know, we hear about Max being the Survivor professor, Shireen being a big Survivor Super- fan, mm-hmm. and Carolyn seems to know a lot of stuff. I mean, and, you know, this is the only tribe looking for the immunity idol. This was the tribe that, that picked the dishonesty uh, in, in the original dilemma, uh, and in the opening dilemma, so, but all three tribes have at least two people who know that there's a, a hidden immunity idol. And other than the fact that uh, the no-caller tribe thought that maybe Nina was getting the, the idol, we haven't seen anybody else really. Blue team, I, I, blue collars just doing whatever they're, they're doing. They're all over. And, and we'll get into the them place. in a second, but I'm just surprised that white collar is the only ones looking for this immunity idol. <laughs> so I'm a little surprised at that. And one other thing I want to say before we move on from white, um, from white collar about Shireen. Uh, you know, she's she comes off as crazy. I mean, that's the title of this thing. I don't think she's the only crazy person when they talk about crazy is as crazy does in this episode. But she comes across as crazy. But one thing she said to me that really shows that she could switch on a dime to, like, a very incredibly intelligent player was when she was talking about Joaquin and how she felt that he uh, he's acting out of rage. Yeah. Which means he can't maneuver. And he won't, he won't be able to maneuver and adapt. And I'm like, wow, that's something like somebody who really studies the game would say. So she, she goes from being really giddy over monkey sex and being like, who the hell is this person? And, and of course, you know, taking her bottoms off and being like, you know, really uncomfortable with Tyler to, to saying really brilliant things like that about Joaquin. So I'm right. just like, we don't know. I'm almost wondering if even the monkey sex is an act. Like, the like the whole, like, be excited and doing this kind I of stuff is an act. I think this is why I love and appreciate Shireen, is that she's very vocal about being a super fan. And I think she's just like Max in the sense that she's just taking everything in. Yeah. Regardless if it sounds crazy or appears to come off crazy. I don't think she is crazy as a person. She's just crazy about Survivor and the whole experience, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But there is a vibe about her. I mean, I think it was, uh, I think Tyler was the one that even said it, that there is a vibe that she doesn't really fit in and she's trying too hard. Mm. And, and I think there is a little bit of that too. And Which you know, is funny because she seems to be in the majority alliance right now with she, Carolyn and Matt. Well, she does, but I, at the same time, I mean, if she annoys them, who knows? True. Right now, uh, yeah. So Tyler, Tyler could easily take her spot. I think if they really, if she really rubbed people the wrong way. But I don't think she's against her. She hasn't done anything to really endanger her alliance yet, unless she starts messing up more tribal uh, immunity challenges again. I don't think they would really consider losing her. So uh, yeah. I think she's safe. But anyway, well, for yeah. all the fans that are out there watching, comment below and let us know what your thoughts are on Shireen because I've seen some right back and forth. You know, thoughts. So it'd be nice to yeah. see what the general consensus is on the AfterBuzz viewers. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, uh, like I said, we have three def, well, we have four definite super fans. And what I love about this season is I feel, I believe some people might disagree with me because I saw like one or two comments that they felt like we're, we're critiquing one person and, and another person's doing the exact same thing and we're praising them. But, uh, I, I really do feel that these four super fans, Shireen, Max, Dan, and Joe are playing very different strategies. All together, some of them might be somewhat similar, but I really ultimately think they're they're playing different stra- different strategies. So it's really curious to see how they all, you know, how they all will fare in later episodes. You, you said Dan in that group. Dan's so a I'm super just, fan, but I'm just saying, do you really? Back to what I was saying last week, I don't. I just don't see him strategically doing anything. Well, I'll tell you. Let, let's move on to blue uh, to blue collar because we can start talking about Dan. Because I do think that Dan. I think based on last week's immunity challenge, there is more to Dan than he's letting on. 
Uh, I, I mean, think, he's great. Yeah. I think he said it himself. I think he said it himself this week when he said his best asset is also his worst asset. And that's his mouth. Because we saw that a little bit in the first episode when he was pissing the girls off. Yeah. You know, and obviously he, you know, Rodney even said, you know, who thinks he's one of my bros. You know, his top Boston accent, he could, he could just josh around with me, but then he says something like, your mother's a whore. Yeah. And we, we, can, we don't have to block it out. CBS does. We don't yeah, have to block it like, out. Okay, why are they but your, yeah, your mother's a whore. <laughs> and Rodney gets pissed off. I mean, that's like, it, it, you know, I think it's a schoolyard type thing, you know, reaction. I think if, uh, I think Rodney needs to hold his temper, you know, it, these days, you know, I mean, yeah. It's it's a rude remark. I wouldn't want anyone walking down the street saying that to me. But at the same time, it's something like kids getting into fights over and adults kind of looking. And you know, can look past I'm it. sure that I would have been upset as well. But in reality, if you know your mom's not a whore, just brush it off. Keep your mouth shut and be like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> well, that's your opinion, but she's not. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or like you know, I just or just say like, "I don't appreciate you well, saying that about my mom." Right? And he's like, "If this wasn't Survivor," and it's like, "Yeah, I get it. If, if you punch him, you're out of the game." Right. But at the same time, it's like just mentally take let a, it roll or, off. Or, let it roll off. Take a mental note and go. Okay, I'll play. I'll play nice until I get to stab you in the back exactly. later on in tribal council. So oh, Rodney, Rodney, but Rodney. well, that team, you know, it's funny. That team has so many different accents and they have so many different attitudes. It's so funny. They're um, all over the place, and the fact that they're the undefeated, undefeated tribe right now. I mean, it's great for them, <laughs> but at the same time, like, what's going on well, with that tribe? Absolutely. But just to, to finish off on Dan, because we didn't have too much with Dan. Um, just more. I think Dan him being is shirtless. I think down. I think Dan. I think Dan is playing a little smarter, but his mouth still gets him in trouble. Uh, I, I did notice, uh, you know, we were watching the show last night with Keaton, and I do feel like he's lost a lot of weight for eight days in comparison to someone like Will. So I almost wonder if he, you know, before we were making, I was making a little light on the fact that, you know, he's been trying out for 10, 12 years, but it doesn't look like he got off his couch. I think but I think he might Will have bulked up. Without his shirts more, we'll see the weight. I, I saw, he had his shirt off like toward the end, and I, I, was, um, I was paying attention, yeah, whenever he watched it. I, he, I, I think Dan's lost, and we see how agile he was, even at the immunity challenge, which, which we'll get to in a little bit, he jumped over that one barrier. Really, like, flawlessly. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how fast he is. So he's very, very nimble. Uh, so, you know, whatever I thought about, like, maybe he doesn't work out or whatever, no, incorrect. He, he can definitely move. So, again, different kind of strategy in comparison to Max, different kind of strategy in comparison to Shireen, Shireen and, uh, and Joe. Yeah. Uh, but again, we see a, some bickering between Rodney and, uh, and Dan. And then later on, we see a continuation of what was happening last week with Mike getting agitated that there isn't enough work being done by the blue collar tribe, that this is a blue collar tribe. They should have a big work ethic. And apparently they're just having fun and he's doing all the work and he's taking it out on Rodney, apparently. We, we saw a lot more of Rodney's reaction, I think, than, than Mike really being agitated. But I guess, uh, I guess that's all we needed to really see because Rodney was pissed. Rodney was mad. Yeah. Mike was mad. Lindsay was upset. Oh my I God. just, that whole tribe is a whirlwind of emotions. And <laughs> let's talk about the labels for a second because I was talking about it with my mom on the way here. My mom is also a very yes. avid survivor fan. <laughs> she and I were talking about how, you know, we understand that this is worlds apart and that no collar, blue collar, and white collar is like the theme of the show. Yeah. But I don't need to keep hearing about it every episode. Like mm-hmm. they've already pushed it enough. And so now even the survivors are using it and their interviews are labeled themselves that way. I just, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like, like, like Nina, just really quick as an example, Mm -hmm. we saw that question ask of her if she really was a no collar. I mean, you could probably fall into the category of, yeah, I'm a blue collar because that's the kind of job I have. But characteristically, what if they're not? Mm. I I just, the label thing is really interesting to me. Well, if I remember correctly, Rodney lied about his job and I can't, I guess he was a, a contractor, but it sounded like, you know, the way he was bragging about it, I would almost put him as a white collar. And uh, and maybe he's used to having people work for him too, and that's why he's working at his own speed. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I do think I do think after a while the label becomes a crutch. Yeah, and it's just and they're using it that way. And even so, I just I don't even know the tribe names because they never even show them. It's well, like no. what's the point of having a tribe name yeah. if every corner of the screen when it's the new tribe it's going to say white collar, no collar, blue collar. Yeah, well we'll get we'll get the tribe names once they do a, a switch, <laughs> a merge. Yeah. yeah, a switch and the merge. <laughs> then we'll get the tribe names back. But because uh, that's the way it was with uh, Brains Beauty Braun as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, I mean. One thing that we got out of Mike, we learned a lot more about Mike. He, he, the pastor in his church was a very big father figure to him. And I guess he instilled this hard work mentality. And we see the tattoo, uh, on his back, Psalm 121. One of the, one of the two hashtags we saw this week, Psalm 121. And we all laughed about what? And, and the three C's, uh, which, uh, which Rodney says was cool, being cool, calm, and, and it's not collected. Cool, calm, and collective. That was his three C's, uh, which he was not being when he was really pissed off at Mike. But because uh, he was just rambling on and on, like I, I, I hate to say, it, he was rambling on. Like he could, he had no filter, could not stop. He was making faces behind Mike. He A was lot doing of them all don't crazy. have filters, which I find surprising. I think that's also what makes good TV. But it was surprising oh, sure. how much he was getting away with it in, in in back of Mike. I guess really he wasn't doing it in front of Mike. Uh, but the other thing, Lindsay seems to also have a bit of a you know of a attitude about her too because Mike and her and uh Sierra were all hanging out chatting and it seemed like a very open honest conversation where the where, where the ladies were saying how you know they don't get thanked for the work that they do but Mike you know we respect the hell out of you we thank you but what do you do for us and Mike I guess was oblivious to any of that but Lindsay let him have it and Lindsay said, you know, we were looking at that, too, and we both come from backgrounds, uh, you know, Christian backgrounds, at least. Yeah. Um, when she was talking about who's going to tend the fire. Is your God going to go tend the fire? No, it's us, you know. And and Mike was really offended by that. We saw he was really vulnerable in that confessional that he was very offended by. It. And I, I thought it was a little much, too, from Lindsay. I... It made me. It made me go. Yeah. Yikes. Because in that in that moment, that's like a low blow. It's like you're taking something very personal that you can see is tattooed yeah. on him, mm-hmm. and using it to smack them down. Yeah. Not cool. That was a low blow. I thought it was a low. And, and yeah. again, as as a Christian, if I was in that situation, absolutely, I'd be upset about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I probably wouldn't show it. It probably wouldn't be like the like the your mother comment. But I, yeah. I still think it's a little like, come on, it's a little ridiculous to go there. It's like, okay, what's you know the, what? What's the point? I, I, it's I, irrelevant. Maybe I didn't. You know, maybe if I was Mike and I didn't really acknowledge them for what, all the work they did, I said, you know what? I'm sorry, I didn't acknowledge you guys. Let's move forward. Let's just all work together. But she just really wanted to hammer the point with them, and I think she just kind of like went a little far and uh and you know i i I see definitely a mean temper in Lindsay brewing you know we've seen so far the guys being the ones that seem to cause all the trouble but you know sierra even that first episode uh you know not trusting uh the opening dilemma and and Lindsay now 
Yeah. You know what? One thing that I did like about this dilemma, I was about to say, is that (laughs) we finally got to hear Kelly talk a little bit more, and she had some screen time, because who is Kelly? And I see that all over social media. We have barely seen Kelly. We haven't really got to know her as a player. Mm -hmm. So we finally got to see her, even if it was talking about the dilemma between two other people and not herself. (laughs) She seems like a really smart person. I want to see more of her. I want to hear more from her. Uh, I, I can only assume that, and we'll talk more about this in predictions, I can only assume that uh, the way her edit is, is she's, she's going to be around for a while, because I think she's an incredibly smart player. Yes. We just haven't had a chance to see her, because everyone else is just fighting with each other and doing all this other stuff. So I, I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, anyway, I believe that's about it for Blue Collar. Let's, let's just talk about the immunity challenge really, really quickly. And then we'll go into everything no collar. Speaking because a lot there. before we got into the immunity challenge, yeah. there's a video I wanted to play tonight, but we couldn't get it to work. If you go on to Survivor CBS uh, YouTube channel, yeah, Survivor they have CBS. all those big like you know spoil not spoilers but like secret scenes or bonus scenes, mm-hmm. and they actually have a really cool 30 second clip of 10 things you didn't know about the immunity challenge, like how far, like how long the actual playing course was, how many gallons the bucket actually held. I don't know if you're a huge fan you'll appreciate little facts like cool. that because i thought it was very interesting. No, absolutely they always have really really good stuff uh so all right immunity challenge it's something we've seen before with the buckets with the holes in it get the yes. plug uh you know I, I i'm gonna say this and and you know as much as we gave props for the first immunity challenge this season that was really cool i really was hoping you know this is the one place where i do want to see them talk about white collar versus blue collar versus no collar i want to see them make decisions i really loved the immunity challenge where they got to decide on how to tackle the, you know, the obstacle course or the puzzles or whatever, because I, I think that really tells a lot about how a team is playing. And right now we're seeing rehashes more or less of old challenges or, or, or mashups of old challenges put together. Right. And I still love them. I just, I'm not, comp- I wouldn't really even have this to say about it if I didn't see such an awesome immunity challenge in the first episode yeah i mean on a grand scale of things i think the challenge is i mean it's great it's survivor it's awesome but like you're saying i agree that's the one thing about the first immunity challenge that still sticks out to a lot of us is the decision that they had to make this challenge to me it wasn't as exciting like i didn't find myself going you know like getting on the edge of my seat it was just kind of like all right whoever wins wins it's just not a big deal it's just another immunity and and they're done really well it's not to go against the team i'm not gonna say anything bad about the actual challenge i just was like expecting that the challenges were going to be held to a very high bar after that first one and it seems to have just gone back down or they would have to do something after dumping on the water into that bucket yeah and also i feel like and i feel like now's the time to do this because who knows when in two weeks maybe next week even they're going to do a switcheroo we're going to start mixing the collars together so i'd like to see these you know exactly like what choices blue collar makes as opposed to white collar as opposed to no collar i really would like to see that in this stretch of uh of the game so, and then the other thing I'll say about this before we go on is this is the second week in a row where I really think that it, it, it was to blue collar strengths. There was no puzzles involved at all. No. It was really a lot of, I mean, if you think about this challenge, holding a bucket full of water, you saw the, the video. So I'm sure a lot of gallons are in there and it's pretty darn heavy. And then you also have to plug up the holes. And, uh, I think blue, cha- blue team's got a, a huge advantage on those types of games and they, they haven't really mixed puzzles in. Uh, the past no. two weeks. So I think that's another interesting thing. It would have been interesting because my strategy going into it, and again, I'm probably, it probably was a rule, but they don't really make it clear to us as viewers. 
immediately I probably would have taken off my buff yeah. or my shirt and used that to plug holes just so I would have extra fingers to do other ones that I couldn't get to necessarily. I'm sure it's a rule, but also, or, or at least put my body up against it better. But with that option, because even if he was explaining it, he should have said, like, you have to cover the holes using your body parts. But you yeah. just said covering the holes. And so if I hear that, yeah. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm going to take my bathing suit out. I'm going to plug the holes. Yeah. Because then they'd probably get done a lot quicker. They, well, you know, they've done this challenge before. So I think they also know what to expect even yeah. from the Dream Team doing it. So I'm sure they had a rule against that. Right. But uh, we saw Red Team was behind from the start. And really, without Vince, uh, without, without one of their strongest players, this is, again, this is a, 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 a challenge where you have to hold a bucket full. Of, that was a pretty big bucket. If you think of how much water goes into that, it's yeah. probably pretty darn heavy. Oh, yeah. So having having a strong team member gone already, I think, hurt the red team. And then added to that, Joe's strategy to not have Nina participate uh, in bringing the bucket back, having her on the other side. And uh, I, I think, honestly, you know, I read a really good, I read the EW article where they asked Jeff Probst questions, and Probst had a really good uh, analysis of it, and I kind of totally agree, is this challenge required people to not look at each other when they were talking. You know, you're pretty much running forward, holding sticking fingers into a bucket and who knows what angle you're going to be. And I guess they just felt like they couldn't communicate with Nina, uh, in that stage of it. So they rather put her in front, in front Here's of Here's where I disagree with that statement because it's pretty straightforward. The challenge you're plugging yeah. holes. I don't know what you necessarily need to talk about. And we didn't really see a lot of the banter between the tribes, except from them getting from point A to point B mm-hmm. while you're running the course. It's, Self-explanatory to hold the the holes. Yeah. I felt horrible for Nina. Horrible. I'm tired of hearing. I know I said it last week. I was tired of hearing about the her being deaf is like a not necessarily a crutch, but a reason to be like I'm being ostracized from the group. Yeah. But she's already put out there mm-hmm. that that's how the tribe makes her feel, and then for them to go ahead and not let her participate in that part of it, I just I was really frustrated. I, w- I felt horrible for Nina. Well, I don't think I would have done it that way. I think Joe felt horrible too, based on what we saw after. after but it's like the idea of lost. doing it from the get go. Like yeah. That should never have been. That should never have happened. Well, Joe, <laughs> well, Jeff kept cluing in to the to the red team to the no caller team that they were losing why are you doing that it's not working he said it in the middle of the challenge after their first attempt during their second attempt he said it and they finally i think switched up at the end but it was too little too late but really honestly i rewatched that challenge and from the get-go will fumbled i mean probe said will fumbled and from the get-go no caller was behind yeah so i don't know if nina being in there really cost them the game it's or not, not necessarily about her being in there to help them win it's just her yeah. being there a part of the tribe got it whether they win or lose she at least felt a part of it yeah and to really go out of their way to be like you can't be a part of the plugging of the holes well what's interesting she didn't really do anything what's interesting about that too is i think the joe's strategy for you know, for Joe to give that strategy to Nina, I think she thought she was doing her part by doing that. But then afterwards, when it was pointed out, it was terrible strategy. Of course, Nina took it that way. And and we saw. And let's move into. I guess obviously because uh, you know, no caller did lose. Let's get into to Nina. I mean, from the very beginning of this episode, post tribal, Nina was like, "I know I'm the next one to go. I know I'm deaf." So please just keep, include me until you're about to kick me out. You know, just make me feel like part of the team. So I think her 
defeatist attitude really cost her. I mean, I mean it would rub me the wrong way yeah. as a player mm-hmm. on her tribe, for sure. I'd be like, why are you digging your own grave? That's never even been a, dis- a discussion. Let's just focus on winning. But for her to come out verbally and say, I yeah. know I'm the next to go, it's like, no, we haven't made that decision. Well, who are you to make that decision? But all if you're saying that, that it's going to yeah. make it easier and, for and, us. And whether it's true or not, it's like, I think Jen even said it post-tribal. She's like, you're giving up already. Right. You know, a lot can happen. You're, you're already giving up. And and really, if you're just if you're so focused on thinking your self-worth is so bad or, or that you can't be a part of this group, that's all you're ever going to do is see clues to actually corroborate the evidence you've already created in your in your mind. Absolutely, you're just creating your own story ahead of time. So, I mean, it's it's, it's for anything at all. If you don't think you're worth it, if your internal conversation says I'm not good enough to be a part of this group, I'm not this. It doesn't matter what you do or what you say. You're always going to believe that, and you're just going to see everything you see. You're going to have a story that says, Oh, it's because of this. It's because of the way I feel and know who I am. And uh, one other thing about Nina. That I, I I can't remember if it was you who said that or maybe it, it was uh, what, you know Keaton's boyfriend that was saying that when we were watching with him. But um, you know, Joe said that he's been around people, deaf people before, and his mom taught him sign language. So he said mm-hmm. he knew sign language. We even saw when he voted for Nina, we saw that he put the international symbol for "I love you," yeah. which I'm holding up right now. Uh, he put that up next to Nina's name, and I think he did that last week too. But he knows sign language, but I've never seen, well, I never saw Joe initiate any signing with Nina, but much less, or much more important, I've never seen Nina do any signing or or at least say, hey, you know, you can communicate me with this, this way. I mean, that would be something even with a team like No Collar. They might actually be interested in learning. Well, I think to okay, she wasn't born deaf. She ended up becoming deaf later on in life. Yeah. And I think the moment they found out that she was going 100% deaf, that's when she had her surgery. So there was really no point in her learning sign language because she can still speak fine. It's just, it's just the hearing part. But I would still She can read lips and have a conversation, mm, but... I, I, look, I, this is not my, uh, you know, my expertise. I know we had a, a one, uh, one of our listeners on YouTube comment about uh, the implants, so they might know a little bit more about this subject, but I still think no matter what your age is when you lose hearing, I still think learning sign language is a very valuable... Sure. Uh, is a valuable source, a valuable way of speaking to people because if you can't, understand them in one way you have another um you have another way to, to learn so i am a little surprised that nina doesn't know so I, I i'm guessing she doesn't know sign language yeah and she's been she's been this way for seven years she says so i'm a little surprised about that and i also think that you know um she calls herself handicapped or disadvantaged uh, she said disadvantaged at one point but i still think that she could use it to her benefit and i think really what better way to bond with somebody than teach them a skill, teach them something, and much less, you're in Survivor where secret alliances are important. How great would it be to flash a sign to somebody when no one else is paying attention sure. to communicate something? Yeah. So I think there are a lot of little advantages, and and I'm just, I, I'm, if anything, I'm just more curious as to what Nina you know, knows and what she doesn't know yeah. and, and, and her attitude about the whole thing, because I think she really could have... Uh, I don't know how long she would have lasted in this game. I think age was a factor for her, too, being on this team. A young tribe, yeah. But I, I, I'm a little surprised. The other thing I want to bring up, again, is Will. Will Will flaked on that challenge. I mean, the girls even said it. They said he's just as bad as Nina. He was exhausted again. 
Mm-hmm. So I, well, I think we'll quickly see that Will's next to go. And I think that's why Will was so quick to go back to camp and be like, we're all voting Nina, right? Because he knew it was either him or Nina. So to throw knows. out Nina's name out there is just trying to secure himself another three days. Yeah. So he, he's pretty out of shape and he, and he can't blame being in the ocean anymore. He can't no. say it's, uh, you know, unless he got water splashed on him and it's really is the black man's kryptonite or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, he can't really blame that. He was just out of breath. He, he faltered from the beginning, from the opening steps. So, yeah, so that tribe really, I think, is in a lot of trouble. Um, whether they got rid of Will or Nina, I think they were just going to be down a strong play. I mean, without Vince, I think they really, they really are hurting because they have two, it seems like two weak players. Well, all the, all the other tribes when the tribe showed up at the immunity challenge were shocked to see that Vince was gone. I know. That was a pretty good moment. So that is a clear indication that you guys probably made the wrong choice as a tribe to do well on challenges. Yeah. Uh, one really quick note. I mean, just to go back, I just loved, I did love the whole surfing bit with Haley and Jen. It was cute. That was kind of cute getting driftwood and doing that. And you know, they don't sit around all day talking strategy and who they vote for 24-7. I'm sure that's part of, like, every hour or two. But yeah. to take a break and just kind of enjoy your surrounding and the environment you're in, hell yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't want to forget about that because I thought it was pretty cute, pretty hot. And, and we, we haven't really seen that before. And I love how they're just so no-collar by doing that. <laughs> no one else would do this but the no-collars. This right. is such a no-collar thing to do. And, and Haley is like, surfing is my top three, one of my, oh, it's my number three passion of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which made me wonder what the other two is. I wonder if it's law and I think it's like motorcycles or something. Uh, anyway, I think that's about everything from this week's show. I actually, I guess I have some, it's not news or gossip, but it's an interview that I found. Okay. Very interesting. Um, this guy that did it, his name is Elton Pacheco. And he's on Twitter at Elton, P-A-C-H-E-C-O. He did an interview with Survivor Vanuatu's Scout Lee. I don't know if you remember her. Okay. But asked him, asked her questions about Worlds Apart. And he asked her a question and her answer was pretty on point to me. She was asked, we've been friends on, oh, he goes, we've been friends on Facebook for a while now, so I can securely say that you know the game of Survivor. How's that? I mean, is that what's your real take on Survivor Worlds Apart? And Scout said, I'm a great fan of the game and will always support the producers, host, and dream team. But about this season of Survivor, this whole white collar, blue collar, no collar theme just shows that producers are getting hard up to keep the show viable. It's reinforcing yet another label, another bias, and another really stupid way to pigeonhole people. Just how silly does Jeff look screaming, go no collar, go blue collar? The truly irksome talk, however, is back at camp where the tribe mates are even talking about how we blue collar or we white collar or we no collar. It's just so stupid. They could have cast them according to their work backgrounds and then just called them by their actual tribe names as usual. Truly makes me want to hurl my cookies across the room. This comes at a time when racial issues are back up for grabs. I Have I made my point here? And then he goes, you sure did, but what about Jeff Probst? And she goes, of Mm -hmm. course Survivor is a game, and it's a game that does change lives. When a person is a liar on the show, they become a liar in their real life. If they are a quitter, they are viewed as a quitter when they get home. I've talked with many castmates who have felt wounded by the labels that they have earned from being on Survivor. Mm. Jeff is swaying the game. 
up one side and down the other. He didn't used to do that before. I do know that he gets to review the daily footage prior to Tribal, so he gets a pretty good brief about what's going on. I just wish that he wouldn't use leading strategies in his questions to get answers. I love the way people respond to the labels on the show. It's an interesting study in human behavior, but Survivor used to be purer than it is now. However, I would never miss an episode for anything. And I think she's made some very strong points about this season. Yeah. And I just wanted to share that because I would love to know what everyone else thinks because I agree. What was the name of the uh, season when we had the two tribes and they were all together for the first week. One world. That was that was one world. I, I thought it was one world. I thought that was an interesting one. And it reminds me, this season reminds me of that one in the sense that the, t- the winning team ended up winning the camp and getting everything. They ended up being the ones that had everything. Right. And the other tribe were the ones that ended up having nothing. Mm-hmm. And even though everyone got along and everyone seemed to, to really be about equal, it was really interesting to see the labels that they automatically took the ones that. that the ones that had the camp felt very entitled, mm-hmm. and the ones that didn't felt like very low, and they had to work their way up. So I feel like I compare this to One World in that sense. One World was an okay season, but I compare this to One World in the sense that everyone seems to be just embracing their labels as well. Hey, yeah, in that mentality, and they are in, in a sense they are being pigeonholed into that. And and it's funny because people are, are taking the positives of their. Of their collars and the negatives of their collars. Well, it's like it goes back to what Nina before she went, before she lost her hearing, she worked like a really tough job Mm -hmm. and she talked about that. So her being a no collar doesn't make her necessarily uneducated. Just because now that's her lifestyle doesn't mean that's what she really defines herself as. Yeah. So it's just really, I think the whole thing, and that's why I love reality TV. It's a huge social experiment. Yeah, it is. But I do think it could be a potential flaw later on with the show that I think Scout brings up very good. Points. I think so, but I'm I'm digging this season still. So oh far. yeah, I'm and the personalities are great. Season. The personalities are yeah. great, and I do. You know, I, I was a little weary about this, thinking it would be very similar to Brains, Beauty, Brawn, but. You know, I'm, I'm digging what I'm seeing so far. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. I think that's it for everything on this show. So mm-hmm. let's go to predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Okay, so for those of you who do not watch scenes uh, for the following week, <laughs> this is probably where you're going to tune out right now because we saw quite we we heard a bit. Yeah, and first of all, next week is a first of all next week is a two hour uh, episode, and I saw Propes talking on EW saying this might be the best episode of all time, uh, the first one. So, so what we saw was Lindsay, and I was kind of alluding to this a little bit without trying to talk about these scenes. Lindsay going off on Rodney, who it looked like she had a little bit of an alliance with him from the first episode. And now here she is going, going toe to toe with Rodney. So I don't know who's at fault here, but or what uh, happened, or what happened. <laughs> but I, I, you know, Rodney's getting into it with people. Lindsay's getting into it, people. This is a very volatile group. It is. And uh, and Lindsay, I, I really felt Lindsay's blow up in particular just like seemed almost. Well, I mean, I think they're bound to lose someone um, this this next episode only because we saw the challenge. And again, I think it's a blindfolding challenge with the caller. We saw Sierra's up on the scaffolding, but she's like, oh, she's injured. She's injured. And that's when Jeff's like, stop the challenge or whatever. Yeah. So I think they're someone's going to get hurt. And it's obviously Kelly or Lindsay. And I think they're going to be men of act from the show. I think that's why it's a two hour. I think one's going to leave due to medical reasons and one's going to be voted out. Really interesting. I, uh, you know, that makes sense. I, I, I'm wondering if, uh, 
I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a medevac. You don't? I think it's going to be a med. Well, maybe Jeff just seemed really maybe. Well, I, I can't remember intense. if Jeff said it was a medevac. I don't think someone's going to leave the show because of it. But mm. who knows? I, you know, we've seen that before. But uh, you thought it might be Kelly, right? Out of the two of them, you think it might be Kelly? I don't know. <sighs> Since they played up. Lindsay so much it yeah. could be Lindsay and See, it could be her undoing I'm she's thinking it's home. Lindsay because I think she she seems to be someone who goes all out even her sitting on the sidelines she was just like really passionate yeah. and I could see her and also who knows it looks like one of those like they're attached to each other yeah so who knows what's going to happen with that uh, maybe the, her partner's not going to care as much about what she's doing and, <laughs> and because she she's just pissing everyone else yeah. she gets injured by default so I don't know I have a feeling it might be Lindsay uh, but then again we don't know because Sierra said she's bleeding but maybe Sierra's not even talking about her own teammate she might have been talking about that one of the other teams that is a very good too. point Amanda. <laughs> so so we're just assuming based on the fact that it's sierra that it's a blue team um so we'll we'll have to see about that i think uh, i think that pretty much wraps it up for oh, this yeah. week yeah so we're pretty much done thanks a lot for tuning in and continue to, to play along on survivor fantasy we have a really strong tribe now there's a lot of us i, missed I haven't week, seen the week. updated points yet but i'll make sure to bring those in next week you go to fantasy survivor dot i think it's com no, or it's dot net, net. it's dot net, net. FantasySurvivor.net and look for AfterBuzz TV Tribe and join us. I again think I took the password off, but a lot of people seem to have difficulties. But the password is AfterBuzz TV if you have to put in a password. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at James Wallington, and I changed my Instagram, so it's now James Wallington. And you can also find me on YouTube at Where's Wallington. Ah, cool. And uh, Keaton Marchie will, well, she should be here next week. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't want to <laughs> promise, but she, she definitely, trust me, she wants to be here. Just, she uh, does. She just, uh, we just couldn't make it work this week. Uh, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Keaton Marchie. That's uh, K-E-E-T-I-N-M-A-R-C-H-I. And she's also here on AfterBuzz for other shows like Nashville and Rain, I believe, if it's not coming back yet. I think it's almost back. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nandovel. That's N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. You can find me here on AfterBuzz for other shows. Shows like The Walking Dead, Blacklist, uh, Bates Motel, Scorpion, and some other stuff I can't remember right now. <laughs> I would tell people that you can watch me on The Amazing Race, but and most of the people that watch The Amazing Race after show watch watches. this after show. I see a lot of you commenting on both, and, and I love it. <laughs> thank you guys for, for watching both those shows. And uh, hey, one little shout out for me. I'm running the LA Marathon on Sunday. Woo! So if That's you exciting. follow me, feel free to tweet at me on Sunday morning. I'll have a lot of juice in my thing. And I'm uh, in my phone, and I'm also <laughs> going to like tweet the experience and everything and uh it should be fun so i'll bring my medal next week it'll prove that i can maybe i can play survivor if i can run yes. 26 miles right <laughs> uh anyway thanks again and we'll check we'll catch you next week bye guys bye <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other aftershows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.